Hello and welcome to a CHI podcast for the upcoming Point of Care Diagnostic Symposia being held this February 13th through 14th in San Francisco, California. My name is Samantha Lewis and I'm the conference producer working on the meeting. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Samuel Saya, who is an associate professor in the Department of Biomedical Engineering at Columbia University. Dr. Saya's lab focuses on using microfluidics for global health diagnostics and for 3D tissue biology. Welcome, Dr. Saya, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, sure. It's nice talking to you, Samantha. So to start, what types of devices are you currently working on at Columbia? We work on basically two different fields. Uh, From what we're doing, we work a lot on on microfluidics, but it's really one uh, main technique that we use for either personal health diagnostics or cell therapy and tissue engineering. The motivation is pretty different for the two different applications. In one case, we're trying to miniaturize sensors and detectors so that you can uh, take these diagnostics anywhere with you, whether it's a village in Africa or uh, a more remote setting here, whether it's your home or your doctor's office. In the other work that we're pursuing, it's really using microfluidics and microfabrication to mimic and control the surroundings around different cells so we can recreate the microenvironments and help us have better technologies for cell therapy or implantable devices. And as you said, you do work a lot with microfluidics. And how have you seen that technology advance since you began working with it, and how do you see it evolving in the future? It's, I think, becoming a lot more integrated. Uh, Researchers are interested not just in demonstrating proof-of-concept data and movies that look interesting, but maybe it's just one piece in a bigger puzzle. And so I think there are more and more researchers interested in coming together with a full package and a full device that actually works from start to finish. And uh, on clinical specimens, uh, in the case of diagnostics, and that actually performs some clinical function that's going to have a benefit for the end user. So it's taking a little while, I think, for some of these uh, packages to come together to actually make a difference, but there are more and more examples of that, and I really do think we will see more and more examples in the upcoming years. And how do you see technologies developed for global health being used in developed countries like the U.S. and vice versa? Is there potential for utility in both markets, or do they have different application areas? The fundamental microfluidic technology, which is the ability to just miniaturize a lot of the fluid handling so you don't have to do these uh, multi-step reactions and non-exclusive plates, uh, that is similar in terms of whether you want to do diagnostics or global health or here. Uh, so I think there is quite a bit of overlap, but up to a certain point, because up, you know, after that point, you actually have to make these devices for very specific groups of people. And even here or in Africa, the specific product that you make in terms of the form factor, the trade-offs that you're willing to make in terms of cost versus performance, all these issues will vary for the different users. And so that's another type of lesson that I think a lot of researchers are learning, that, yes, it's fine to have some prototype in a lab that works on a variety of different disease targets and applications, but at the end of the day, you have to build something for one specific indication that will really be ideally used for that specific segment of users, and that would necessitate some very specific design choices that might 
make the device look different compared to another specific set of users. So at the end of the day, one probably has to have slightly different variants of this basic technology, but I think we can make some good progress across the board up to a certain point because a lot of the technical issues are similar. But then beyond that certain point, one really has to follow wherever the the end user tells us whatever it is that they want. And finally, what role do you see mobile diagnostics playing in the future and what steps need to be taken to get there? I think it's inevitable that mobile health, mobile diagnostics will uh, will land on every patient and consumer's hands in some way or another. That time frame might not be totally clear right now, but with the trends going on today that everybody expects to have all the information in their hands, they can perform a lot of different functions that they would want. It's really something that I think will make an impact into the healthcare system, which up to now has been a really tough nut to crack. It's a very complicated healthcare system that that we have here, but the trend is, I think, quite definitively moving towards patients taking more and more control of what is going on. We have more and more information on just about everything in the world now, and I think that will extend to people's own personal health. And so instead of relying on this you know, insurance and providers and having them sort of make all the decisions, I think patients and users will be more and more involved. And a lot of that will translate back to technologies that they can perform on their phones, whether it's looking at a doctor's appointment or checking in on their own vitamin levels or doing actually uh, more complicated health diagnostics. The technology will get there at some point. These problems are completely bounded problems. They are solvable engineering problems. It's not like discovering some drug where you don't really know whether it's possible. Uh, This is definitely possible. It will be done at some point, and it's going to be a question of uh, at what point will the market respond to this? When will consumers actually know what to do with this kind of technology? And so I think it's almost inevitable that it will happen, but uh, exactly when and how is something that we're going to all have to figure out. And definitely should be an exciting area to watch in the next couple of years. Super exciting, absolutely. So I want to thank you again, Dr. Saya, for your time. Great. Thanks a lot, Samantha. And see you in uh, San Francisco. Yep, we'll see you in San Francisco for your talk. And again, you can hear more from Dr. Saya and other leading point-of-care researchers this February 13th through 14th in San Francisco, California. And for more information and to register, visit triconference.com.